Hello all you Filthy Freaky Blank Pages fans, it's your bass player Drew here, and to all of you listening, maybe listening, uh, probably not listening, let's be honest, <laughs> but uh, welcome to the first ever episode of the Blank Pages podcast, where uh, we'll basically be discussing whatever the fuck we want to, so today we're going to be doing a little bit of an introductory kind of episode, I'm here with our beautiful lead guitar player, Jimmy Hudson. Thank Jimbo you, Jimbo Slice Hudson. Thank you, sir. Pleasure to be here. Okay. Excited about our Sit Down Sunday podcast launching here today. Mm -hmm. uh, Drew's going to actually be serving as a host or a, a repeating visitor here on our podcast. Exactly. I'm going to try and mediate things. Host is a strong term. I'm a little too stupid for it, but I'm going to do my <laughs> best shot. I've got some notes here to keep me on track. We're going to, it might be a little rough at first, but you know, we're only going to get better with it and just come hang out with us, have some fun. We're going to have a fun little discussion here. Um, so I'm going to start off with my first question here, Jimmy. Uh, what made you want to play music to begin with? What gravitated you towards music? Wow, yeah. Um, so back in the day, I'd say probably somewhere around late elementary to early middle school, my Uncle Jeff actually started giving me guitar lessons. Um, he came over a few times a week and he would just, you know, show me some basic stuff. I remember actually the first song he tried to teach me was... Um, Mr. Jones by Counting Crows. Oh, great song, yeah. And it goes A minor, F, or there's an F in there. <laughs> and Somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. It, yeah, clearly that stuck. But F is, he made me learn the bar chord was the point of where I was getting there. And I just think that that was one of the biggest things that set me off on my guitar tangent when I first started learning was the bar chord, it, it's something that a lot of guitar players try and avoid, and it's something that I just didn't even consider an alternative, you know what I mean? It was the first thing, so I just went after it. That was my first goal. Mm -hmm. And it took, the, probably, it took a lot longer than it did for me to learn some of the other open chords, you know? I yeah. obviously gave up and came back to it and gave up and came back to it a few times, but I got it. Yeah. I got it pretty early in my guitar playing, and that, that just set me off. I think a lot of people could use a man like your uncle, honestly, because <laughs> I know at least myself personally, I avoided the F chord and any bar chord for quite a while, just because it's painful, you know? And uh, so I was you know, a guy who rung on the open chords for a while. Eventually I got there, but no, that, that's good that you started off tough there. Um, so uh, you were talking about that song, you know, and playing around your uncle and that, I guess that really that made you want to get on guitar there, just watching him play. Definitely. I mean, you know, he came over with guitar lessons and my Uncle Jeff had been in a few bands already. I've been taken out to see him play at this point. I saw my Uncle Greg play a lot. You know, I was just always surrounded by musicians and my uncles played guitar. So that, that was the first thing that I wanted to learn, you know, and I think it, it, a lot of it probably has to do with that. Yeah. No, that's cool. You came from, you know, like a, like a player perspective almost. You know, you had a lot of musicians around you. I, like. For me personally, it was a lot of just listener perspective. You know, for me, it was from my parents. They were just very, very you know, avid listeners. Uh, They're very, very good listeners in music. They were always with their headphones on, just trying new albums, stuff like that. You know, showing all this old '60s, '70s music to me, and uh, 
So I started really from like the listener perspective. I didn't really appreciate playing for a while later, but that, that that's interesting. You started from that player perspective. Yeah, that's awesome. My um, my dad falls into that category a lot too. He was, I would say, he out of his three brothers, he's the only one that doesn't play guitar. Mm -hmm. uh, he tried, he picked it up recently, so he he might stick with that. We'll see what it, what happens there, but uh, mm -hmm. definitely would love to jam with him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's always been the just the supplier of music, the supplier of new artists for me. Like ever since I was little, first thing he ever gave me was a tape and it had Grateful Dead on one side. It was like a live concert. And then Tom Petty's Damn the Torpedoes was on the other. I had just gotten my first sound system in my room. You know, I was a little, I was just little then, but I ran right upstairs. I threw it in and I could have sang every word at the time. You know, I probably couldn't now, but I could at the time because that was all I had. And then, Day by day, I would just start, you know, once I was done with that, I would go downstairs and he had CD towers as tall as you and me and books and books of CDs. So I would just go down and grab something, yeah. run back upstairs and play it. I remember Cake Fashion Nugget was a big album yeah. when I first started listening to music and a few other Cake albums. Queen especially, I had their uh, Dark Maroon, it was the Grateful, or Greatest Hits album, I should say. Yeah. He had a ton of Grateful Dead music, a bunch of concerts that he had gone to. That was what he always played down in the living room, and he would wake me up to Grateful Dead concerts a lot of the time as a little kid. So No, I can relate to that. I think a lot of people our age can relate to that, like at their early age, like the whole CD era. And I, you know, I think it's so interesting, you can, you can probably relate to this, is uh, you know, how our relationship with music has changed. All that stuff, going from like the CD era to now, like... Just how you would bond with your music was so different you know you just get albums and you would just yeah. like you know songs that you maybe nowadays you wouldn't listen to all that much and that like you would just bond with them because you just you know you, have, you almost had to listen to them it's not like you had a whole you didn't have options. a choice yeah man, you know like now so cool. you go and you search an artist and their top six songs are the first thing that's in your face on everything you know and then followed by their greatest hits or like a custom playlist of all the essentials, you know? Yeah. That's, it's awesome, but it's a completely different approach to an artist when you first discover them now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You're, it's kind of like, um, why you don't put all the best parts of a movie in the preview? Yeah, right. You yeah. know, like some of the albums were, bent for you, were, were built, I should say, for you to experience them through the whole thing in order. Yeah, and that, that is going away. You know, I'm definitely guilty of you know, not <laughs> listening to albums for what they are, you know, just kind of going for hey, best of Greatest hits and best ofs are, there's nothing wrong with them every now and then, you know? Yeah, but yeah. Don't be afraid to sit through some deep cuts to get the full experience, yeah. you know? Any groups listening, go for the hits, all right? Albums are dead. Dark Side of the Moon is <laughs> a great example. <laughs> no, it's very true. Uh, Dark Side, um, Sgt. Pepper, or stuff That's like that. Head yeah. Sounds by the Beach Boys. I mean, a lot of those old... Uh, all those old vinyls, really, they, yeah, they went yeah. for a full story with them. That's the, you know, you don't see a lot of that. And when they do it now, it at least to me, it doesn't have the same impact. Like, because it That's just true. feels like they're reaching for something that isn't around anymore. I, I, I don't know. For, for some reason, it doesn't feel the same when it's I'm trying to think. I feel like it's just not attempted a lot. That no, it, it definitely is not attempted. Yeah, like a lot of people are just scared off of that anyway. But yeah, it would be something that would be harder to pull off now than then. Um, so we can move on to the next thing here. Uh, cool. What what groups really shaped your sound? You know, what who made you want to play the way you play? Yeah, that, that's a great point. Uh, I mean, part of it started with that tape my dad gave me, you know, and just starting out with jam bands and rock and roll immediately. Mm -hmm. um, 
but from there, you know, I'd say over the years that I've been listening to music and then right when I first started playing, I was already aware of some stuff that my parents didn't show me, you know, like Sublime was a big one. Yeah. Hearing Bradley Knoll go and just like one of the, the guitar solos in there and combining like rock and reggae, it was just like one of my favorites. And I, I dove into them for a while after I was first introduced, you know, I was hooked. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say on you know, my singing and my guitar playing, I, I emulate a lot of that. Definitely with Cake too, though, and Cake was one of those first CDs that I stole from my dad's CD tower. So, you know, I, I would say just in the attitude and the interesting lyrics and the I don't know the the exotic sounds like the the spinning rattling drums and the, and adding trumpet in like it just kind of kept me open to everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than that's definitely like that that explains a lot you know at least me personally who knows how he plays you know <laughs> yeah. it, it makes a lot of sense you know the, the jammy kind of just really um positive kind of vibey jammy things you know, that yeah. you know pretty much anybody can grow along to that's good stuff um for me really it was uh, uh we two very different routes it's funny you know my, my um for me the biggest influence on my sound is definitely got to be the beatles i mean they're just yeah I listen to them all the time to this day. They just, that kind of, that, that, that very tightly wound, kind of very orchestrated poppy kind so of So that thing. comes out a lot in your vocals and like how you sing and your sound, you know? It, it is very Beatles-esque. There's something attractive to that to me, just about being so well, just like coordinated and just kind of, you know, just tight, simple. There's something about that I, I really like. Yeah. You know? I can go for other things too, but I'm trying to be more adventurous. <laughs> I really getting, am. You're getting more adventurous for sure. I'm trying. I agree with that. But um, yeah, we're you know baby steps, baby steps, everybody. Um, next question I would like to go to, if you don't mind. For sure, for sure. Uh, what would you say are your favorite guitars, or what also made you? You know, what made these your favorite guitars? I should say. You know, give a little background on them. Well, you know, Jack. My, uh, <laughs> Guitar player is Jimmy Page from that Led Zeppelin band. <laughs> but I know it's true, you know. Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin. He he's my favorite guitar player, and when I first was introduced to Zeppelin, they almost instantly just became my favorite band. Period. You know, but it's also one of those bands that's hard to emulate. So you know, probably a reason why I didn't go with them for what my sound goes after. As much as I love to have Jimmy Page's guitar sound, I would say like just my writing styles and everything isn't quite with them because of that. It's just hard to emulate. Yeah, oh for sure. Yeah, you didn't pick somebody easy to emulate. Yeah, <laughs> you, you can't start to, with the best. Yeah, you know? just trying to emulate Jimmy Hendrix. And Crazy. Who else, you know? <laughs> Definitely. Um, but he always had Telecasters and Les Pauls and those thick, solid body guitars and just that fat sound they always had and just single cuts yeah for my guitar sound i definitely chased that as soon as i started hearing it no that, that makes total sense beautiful guitars by the way whether it's the the mirror the dragon the you know the double neck or uh, i'm forgetting like the lps he plays and stuff but all of his guitars are just yeah you know and they're, they're just like beautiful with there. the uh cherry sunburst i think yeah yeah that flame top no that's great stuff for me, it's um, um, my real like you know affinity with guitars started with Hendrix. 
seeing seeing Hendrix play, just doing the, you know the stuff he would do on stage, you know, just oh, doing yeah. things I didn't know was possible with a guitar, and seeing him hold that strap, their teeth, and oh yeah, lighting oh, on yeah. fire, and just playing these crazy solos, and just. You know, seeing him do all that with the Stratocaster, obviously I just, I had to have one. So yeah. my, my first guitar was a Stratocaster because of that. And, you know, I've loved them ever since. Um, obviously, since I, you know, I love the Beatles and things like, you know, Brian Setzer or whatever, um, you know, a lot of the you know, 50s old like swing and stuff. I also love, I'm a big, you know, hollow body guy. I, I own a Swingster and, and a casino. So Got a few down there. Yeah, yeah. Love this. So you know, I I love all those kind of guitars. Um, but just watching the they've always been so beautiful to me. The only problem is they're so expensive. <laughs> it is not a cheap hobby. For uh, that's for sure. <laughs> um. So next question, I'm gonna smack you with what made you want to start a group? And before you answer that, check this out. I don't know what is up with this, but. Looks like there's ink coming off this book. I got blue fingers, everybody. <laughs> Can you believe this shit? This is a cheap nice. notebook. Don't ever buy a notebook from... Don't you ever buy a notebook from from Omni, because they're horrible. <laughs> We're going to get a, a uh, social media team yeah, from uh, Omni later. Right? <laughs> um, oh, um, so, what made you want to start a group? I'd say it would be when Dom and I first started playing together. I mean, I met Dom in high school, but we didn't really start playing guitar together until sophomore, maybe junior year. Uh, we started auditioning for talent shows. One year we couldn't do it because of a baseball trip that we were taking, and then another year we couldn't do it because my grades weren't right. <laughs> and, no. You know, it just it never, it never ended up happening until our senior year. Mm -hmm. uh, but at that time, we had already well been underway but we had a few practices that were kind of just behind the scenes for talent shows that never happened you know yeah. we learned um leaving trunk by the black keys mm -hmm. and i was like there's something here man like playing with somebody else this is fun you know what I, mean? sure. and then I think it probably started around there right from there yeah. yeah i no i remember the um, the talent shows for sure a little inside scoop for y'all we did go to the same high school um here oh, yeah. here in northern delaware and Forget, uh, not all of our listeners are from Conrad. Yeah, no, I know, right? There yeah. is there is more people in the world. <laughs> um, we 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 um participated in the same talent show, and yeah, I remember watching you guys play, and that was great. You guys are the closing act, and you stole that shit. That was great. Um, yeah, we we played in that too. That that that, yeah, that, that really that. you guys felt that too. Man. That, that, really, that was a good time, and that's that's like a great example. That was like an early example of like what let me know that. You know, this is what I wanted to do. When like we we played a song in front of a crowd and they just dug it, and you got a response yeah. from it, and you just feel that that feeling. It's great. Yeah, it, there there's nothing like it. You know, it's it's so easy to be on the other end, and be clapping for someone, but to be getting claps from that many people, it's just like oh, yeah. you really you really take a step back. Oh, for sure. And so it started with you and Dom doing the, you know, the acoustic thing for a while. I remember that. That was early on. When, when did Nick come along? You know, when, you know, what, what made all that go down? Not long after we graduated high school. So 2017, probably that spring or summer. I forget. There's, I think we have a post of when he joined. And it's like time stamped and everything. I want to say it was like April, but mm -hmm. yeah, I, I just, I knew that Dom and I had been going for a while and 
I had known Nick myself since the second grade. Nick and I went to the same elementary school and I spent almost every summer bouncing between my house and his house. Yeah. You know, like Nick is a, has been a brother to me since we were way little. So I always knew that we both were going to be playing music the rest of our lives, whatever we ended up doing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I went to Conrad instead of Christiana, which would have been my theater pattern, you know, we, we did. We completely almost cut off for like four years. And I almost didn't worry about it, you know? Like, it was just I've known him my whole life, and I knew, like, life goes on after high school. Like, I'm, I'm going to reconnect with Nick. He lives in the neighborhood across from me, yeah. you know? Like, it's crazy, so... I brought Dom over, and I had already been talking to Nick a, f a few times, I think, and I sent him some messages. Yo, I'm playing guitar with this guy. It's been a while since we hung out, you know? This like, really short hairy guy. guy. <laughs> he's a mini Chewbacca, but he's really good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I brought him over, and you know, right away they had a connection, and it just it felt good. It felt like they were supposed to be friends, you know? Like, that was a was a life goal I didn't even know about. I had to meet, meet, get these, I had to introduce these two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, the rest is history, obviously. Then, you know, the chemistry yeah. started right there. And that makes sense as to why it worked so quickly. You know, you guys already know each other. And, yeah. And we should, we should touch on how you came along, too. I mean, sure, you know, sure, yeah. you and I met in high school, too, and it was through marching band, which yes. was a completely different side of Conrad than how I met Dom. Mm. You know, it was high school, I feel like there were so many different circles going on and you just kind of had to know who to talk to when. We were from a small school, so we got yeah. divided into weird cliques, you know, yeah, it yeah. was... Definitely it was, a different time in my life, way more stressful and don't like to think about it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you and I in marching band, you know, right away we didn't even get along, <laughs> but... But after a little bit, we just kind of realized, like, yeah, we're both stubborn, but we also think the same on a lot of stuff, and we both really dig music and a lot of the same artists, and we have a similar sense of humor, and it was just, yeah. you know, we just became buds real quick. For sure. And then... Once I yeah. got over myself a little bit, it became buds. Yeah. Once it developed, you know, into a, a good friendship, and we had that going, and... I started the duo with Dom, and we added Nick, and it just made sense that there would be some bass going, and you sat in for a few times for us for, like, uh, Ag Day at UD. Mm -hmm. Remember doing that? Yep, yep. And yeah, then, there was, like, a first go-around, and then there's this go-around, the current, but they're, yeah. it's divided into two chapters of Drew. sagas of the Drew and Blank Pages story. Yeah, I made an unfortunate <laughs> choice at one point. I'll dive into that now. So I did eventually make it into the group. Uh, um, I, I, you know, basically, I knew they needed a bass player, and I kind of, I kind of saw that opening. You know, nobody mentioned anything, but I kind of saw that. So I was working on it, and eventually, you know, I made my way into it. Now I was horrible at first, but it was okay. It was, it was doable. It was doable, and um, yeah, I, I started playing bass for him. But basically, I, I also was playing guitar at the time too, and I was really loving that. As you know, I still do. I play guitar. Yeah. yeah. It's a great thing to do. I, I write all my songs on it. It's still fun to play. Um, but I, I guess I got a little too far into it at some point. I actually left the group because I wanted to pursue the guitar playing more. But, you know, after a while, I realized how 
goddamn stupid that was. I was just watching you guys <laughs> doing what you were doing, just out there having fun and playing these gigs and just, you know. It started to take off. It started man, to take yeah, off, man. and I saw you with, you know, we won't name names, but I saw you with that freak, and then I was like, you know what, I just, I just uh, have to get in there a little bit. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, so I came back, and I, I'm glad I did. We've been, we've been killing it since, when was that? Um, like, it's been, has it been a year? Probably know. just about. Maybe this summer would be a year. Yeah. I think it was last summer. Yeah, so not quite a year. But we've been back at it for a while, and I'm very glad I did. I don't know why I dropped my notebook, because I still need it. <laughs> so, uh, and basically, yeah, that's how all four of us came together. We're still, we're at it, we're writing songs, we're killing it, and we're having a great time doing it. Wouldn't you say so? I would agree, man. Yeah, I, I, would, I would say that we're doing a good job so far. <laughs> <laughs> this last question, and maybe I'll come up with something else on the fly here, but this last question is a little bit of a broad one, but what kind of impact do you hope to have in the world of music? You know, what what do you want to do? Do you want to, are you, are you here to make people feel a certain way, you're here for, you know, for make money, you're here to value your intellectual property. I would say that I would much rather inspire people our age and people, you know, younger than us to give it a chance and to not be afraid of, you know, just the grind. It's like anything else, you know, so many more people are getting into the gym and, and getting really good at that. And I just feel like it's, it's the same thing. Like if you want it bad enough, it will start to happen. And you can take videos to get your progress. It, it works almost the same way, you know? But so many people are just like, oh, well, I could never be that good. I could never do that. And I, I would much rather, you know, show a kid that some guy from Delaware is, you know, is doing really, really well with it. Yeah. Then, for one of my celebrity idols to like reach out and be like, yo, nice job, man. Like I would, I would much rather take the ins inspiring younger people. Right? Now you see kids, that's what we call a chump. Now what you want to do is you write music for the money. <laughs> no, um, it's all in the money. Kids. <laughs> no, that honestly, yeah, no, I, I couldn't put it any better myself. You know, that, that's, you know, you want to do it to really have an impact on people. And at the end of the day, even if it's a small impact, just to make someone's day a little bit better. Because I know that's what everybody else's music does for me. It's when I hear their song, I feel a little bit better. Now, obviously, there's this little aspect of, at least for me, I don't know about you, I, there is an aspect of I want to prove myself a little bit. But most of it is for, you know, for me, I want to. That's a fair point. Yeah, I mean, you know, Sometimes you're lucky enough where your passion and your job is the same thing and the things that you know you put your heart into it is your job and you get to be rewarded for that financially and through promotions and recognition at your workplace, right? Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's it's something that you're not really making money off of and like you just want to show people like Hey, I, I don't sit around and do nothing. <laughs> you know, like right. this is this is what I put my heart and soul into, and like I think I'm pretty good at it. Exactly. Check this out, like you know what I mean. Like this wasn't that hard for me. You can probably do it too. Like it, everybody likes music, right? You know what I mean. And so it's just it's one of those things that I've conquered the beast per se, but I never never am done. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. there's always somewhere to go. I got past the being afraid that I I can't. 
and now I just want to learn everything. Yeah. You know? Yes. No, that's a great way to put it. I tip my hat to that, honestly, <laughs> because, because, no, that's a great way of putting it. Like, there's, there, I don't know how it is for any of you who maybe, maybe, you know, probably aren't listening, but, um, <laughs> what did you say? Uh, yeah, right. But, uh, for the, um, basically, there, there's kind of like a, a progression of music. Like, you start with an ambition of, I can do this, then maybe you hit a wall of, you know, I thought, I can't do this. Maybe this is too much yeah. for me. And then once you get past a certain level, you realize that, like, you know, anything's possible. And, like, I have the capability. All I need to do is put my mind to it, and then I can make it what I want it to be. You know, yeah. you get to that point. I feel like there's, like, a little bit of a wall you have to get past, so self-doubt. Definitely. It, it's building the technique, you know. Once, once you learn how to fret strings so that they sound good, and you learn the bar shape, and you... You start learning the scales that you like the most and the ones that are used in the so kinds of songs that you're playing. You, you just dive in, you know, and w once you get that down and you can start picturing where you want to go with music and how you want to make people feel. And do I want to play this note, you know, softer and quieter and give a pretty feel? Maybe I want the solo to sound sad or maybe I want it to sound like spanky and in your face and just like... You know, like super energetic and yeah. with some attitude, you know, and like it sounds silly to say that, like put some mustard on it, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but it's true. It's it's yeah, yeah. you get over the hump and you start diving into all that, and you just you you find your sound, and that's what's addicting about it. Exactly. Yeah. Like I I, I want people like to to be able to listen to my music and be like, you know, that's that's true cook playing. Like I want like to be able to like, you know, to be yeah. recognizable. And you know, on a bass it's a little tough. But that's I'm gonna true. but on the best of anything you can almost tell right away. Yes. You know? There are there are some that make Is it happen. Is this Michael Jackson? You know, right? like, yes. <laughs> it happens. Right? No, I I know exactly what you're saying. Um Bonus question. This one is not on the notepad, everybody. So uh -huh. this is right off the dome. <laughs> um, it's yeah. just a little fun one. If you were to build a guitar from scratch, you know, walk us through it. You know, body shape, headstock, neck profile. What your what are your pickups? What's your color? Your finish? What tuners? You know, what are you doing? What are you setting us up with? And I'll go after you. I like that. Um, I would definitely stick with a hollow body. Or I'm sorry, sorry. Body. I was gonna say what? Right away, what? right away, I'm saying the wrong thing. I would stick with a Cuts. solid body. Okay. Solid body. Okay. <laughs> like I said previously. <laughs> a solid body, he says. A solid body, yes. I would probably take a Les Paul body style um, or something similar, something round that's comfortable. Like that's gonna cut. give a good depth to my sound, you know. Mahogany, like, probably, like a Les Paul, you want that like dark? Yeah, yeah, yeah. probably like a dark wood of some kind. Nice. Um, double bind. I would do. I nice. love the look of a double bind. Um, I would do a thick neck, something that really fills out my hand. If it's too thin, I almost feel like I'm, I'm reaching too far, or it's just like I have too much flexing going on in my hand. Oh, I totally get it. I, I'd much rather have a big, thick log of a neck, you know, like a baseball bat. Than we both have bigger hands. Like, do you, would you want it to be like, like a? Like a large, like D shape, like a large D, like a like a flat backed one, or do you want it to be like a U, like those like the kind of baseball bat, like those nice chunky, ones. like my Gretsch is like a U, that's a deep. I would probably, I'd probably go with a fat D shape. Fat D. Yeah. yeah. You want a fat D. Yeah. This is an explicit podcast. I do apologize. Oh, we're apologize. We're not, we're not cursing. We just want a fat D shaped neck. <laughs> 
Yes. Um, I would probably keep dark with like an ebony neck. Nice. Uh, I always love that about Taylor's. I think that goes great on electrics too. Um, I would probably do a PRS headstock. I think that's the coolest one. Like this, like the, what it was like a four and two or like, what, what do they do with theirs? I'm pretty it's sure like it's offset, a, like a, almost like an offset Les Paul almost. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. almost, it, to me it looks like a flame almost. Mm -hmm. I'd have to pull it back up to really perfectly describe it, but that, that is probably one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so, so and then can, 10 or 11 gauge strings somewhere in there. Pickups? Pickups. I would do, I would go humbuckers. Maybe I would go with like a soap bar. Uh, down on the bridge, something like really clean. A soap bar, that's a P90. That's is it? Yeah. Okay. So as you can, I mean, that that'd be cool. Tell me, like, like yeah, that'd be maybe nice go with a soap bar P90 then on the bridge. But I would do like a humbucker. I might even go with those bare knuckle Abraxa pickups that I have on my Les Paul right now. Oh yeah. But nice. put that thing on the neck, man, is just like one of my favorite guitar sounds. I'm really happy with it. So yeah. I don't think I'll ever take that out of my. Um, epiphone. Splittable, probably. You want like the pot splits and everything? Yeah, the, the coil, coil taps. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's, my favorite. That's, that's my favorite. So for thing. you, we got LP, we got like, you know, like two humbuckers set, nice fat D-shaped neck, ebony fretboard, you want a PRS headstock. What color would you want this? What do you want your body color and binding color to be since you want a double bound as well? I would probably go like a dark maroon with Ooh. like the cream double bind. Ooh, baby. But I wouldn't have the elevated Les Paul pick guard. I would just leave it no, yeah, clear okay. and have it have the maroon there still. Nice, nice. I like yeah. that. No, that's a beautiful guitar. Tremolo or just solid bridge? Just normal, normal I probably though. wouldn't. You know, I, I've played some guitars with Tremolo and I'd like to get better at utilizing it. Vibrato, I, I should say. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I would say right now in my playing, like I don't miss it, so I would kind of feel like it's there more for show, if anything. Yeah. Okay. No, I got that. That's a beautiful guitar. It would only cost you about four thousand dollars. Yeah. Right. No. That's <laughs> it. Um, for me, <laughs> trying to that. That's it's, it's tough. I I would probably go with a single cut um, hollow body. I'd probably want like a full like three inch like fully hollow body double double F cuts on there. Um, I, I, I like those, I'm really digging those sparkle, like after I got that Emperor Swingster, I like those sparkle metallic finishes just because they don't show, and I clean my guitars regularly, you know, don't come at me for that, uh, More they, just, they just don't show dust or anything like that, they mm -hmm. just don't show any problems, so, uh, I'd probably get like a sparkle green or a sparkle blue, like a light blue, maybe even like a, like a magenta pink, there's these Brian Sensor ones that are pink I love. But yeah, so a single cut, you know, hollow body, two F holes, you know, green or pink. Um, neck, I'd go with a nice, um, I like a thick one too, like you, except I want mine to be like a U. I like mine to be like that deep, rounded, baseball batty kind of feel. Okay. I'd get that on there. Um, uh, a dark fretboard, like a nice ebony fretboard, nice and snappy would be great. Um, pickups, I love uh, TD Jones. They make... Um, the best like Filtertron pickups, which for those of you who don't know, Filtertrons are like a like a retro style humbucker that are just like you know extra punchy, snappy. They still have that nice warm kind of you know no hum quietness of a humbucker, but they're extra snappy. Um, I get I get a set of those TV Jones in there, probably some locking tuners, and then a nice little Bigsby with that bent arm <laughs> and everything. 
You just had a beautiful, you know, old old school rocker right there, just ready to go. Nice. I can I can picture it now. And again, only like probably four grand. Or yeah, something that's like it. That. You, know, you know. Be sure to check out that blank page's tip jar. Yeah. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that pretty much covers everything we've got here. We're up to 32 minutes, so that's that's great. That's everything we wanted. Um, so thank you all for anybody who tuned in, maybe tuned in, probably didn't tune in. Um, thanks for watching the first episode of the Blank Pages podcast. It's been Drew and Jimmy. That's me. <laughs> and we'll see you later.